I was the one who took care of paying the bills and balancing the checkbook. However, we were to a point where there were bills that I had to decide which one gets paid and which one doesn't. And that was causing me a lot of stress. And it was my fault that we couldn't figure out how to get all our bills paid because somehow I was being irresponsible with our money. I can't do this anymore. This is the stress is unbearable. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, how to bring up the topic of finances with your spouse. You're squinting to read that one. I know it's small and tiny and you don't have your glasses, so well done. Well done, huh? That <laughs> you was got a first very shot. smooth flow, too. Yeah, you did. No one would know the difference unless nope. I was and ratting all, you out here. All it looks like is... <laughs> All right. All right, let's get started. Here's the question. All right. How do you bring up financial issues such as one's uh, spouse's uh, spending habits being an issue or bills being late? In the past, how have you and I dealt with money? Has it been pleasant conversations in the past? Um, well, no. When we've <laughs> talked about money in the past, it hasn't been enjoyable. Um, what has it been? What typically happens okay, with you and So me? typically, if we're talking about money, it's to create a budget. Right. But the biggest thing that comes to my mind is the biggest conversations that I can remember that we've had about money that were the most difficult were um, during a period of time when we weren't making a whole lot of money. Sure. And I was the one who took care of paying the bills yeah. and balancing the checkbook, yeah. not because you didn't want to do it, but because it's just what I was good at. And that's just how we'd done things since we got married because I'm good at it and I enjoy doing that kind of thing. However, we were to a point where there were bills that I had to decide which one gets paid and which one doesn't. And that was causing me a lot of stress. And I didn't want to bring it up to you. No. Why? Because I didn't, number one, I didn't want you to get mad. I didn't want to make you feel bad. Right. And number three, somehow I thought it was my fault that we couldn't figure out how to get all our bills paid because somehow I was being irresponsible with our money. Were you afraid that I was going to respond in a certain way? Yeah, was I thought I gonna... you were going to be mad at me for not oh. for not being able to stretch our money for make our money work, even though the numbers just absolutely didn't didn't work. work. Yes, yeah. exactly. We just didn't have the income at the time. Yeah, there was no reason why I would even think to blame you for not having enough money because right. you were working and yeah. I was the one staying home. Yeah, so uh, I we... should be able to make it all work. Yeah. We've been a single income family for years and years and years. Right. And so you were afraid to bring up money. So what did you do instead? Uh, just figure out which ones to pay. And if a few were a little bit late, then yeah. I worried about it. I finally came to a point where I just had to tell you, I can't do this anymore. This yeah. is the stress is unbearable. Yeah. And so what did we do at that point? Because it wasn't the stress of not having enough money. It was the stress of having to decide what bills to be paid, being yes. responsible for the for our financial yes. I, I felt like I was carrying the weight yes. of making sure that we were being responsible with our money. Yeah. So what did we decide to do? I remember this very clearly. It's, it's a fun story. You, you told me, that's okay. I will take care of all of it. I yeah. will do the bills. I will balance the checkbook. And that was a huge relief to me. Yes, it was. Why? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay, so before we get to the dot, right. dot, dot, why was that a huge relief? Why why did it help when I said, I will step up and take care of the bills now? Because I didn't have to do it on my own anymore. You weren't looking at the money fretting over paying the bills or aware of how little money we had. Right. 
And so now I took on the responsibility of paying those bills and carrying the emotional weight of those decisions and not you. Right. Okay. And like you said, my brain's not wired for numbers. If I balance a checkbook and I'm within 10 bucks, hey, we're pretty good. And that drives you bananas. Yes, it does. You balance the checkbook to the penny, which is the right way to do it, by the way. Let's be really, really clear. Your way is the right way and my way is the wrong way. And yet it works for me still. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. And so because you knew that's how I approached money and you now hand over all of the bill paying and the financial responsibility and all of that stuff there's a dot 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 in there what yeah, happened because it was not easy for me to let go of something that even though it was causing me great stress still gave me a sense of safety and security and control and control absolutely and so i had to let you do the banking and the bill pay yeah your way. I can remember right where you're sitting right now is where our desk was and the computer was there and I was trying to balance a checkbook with QuickBooks or whatever we had at the time. And it took me three times longer than it took you. Yes. And oh. I can remember you standing over my right shoulder and I'm clicking on things, figuring it out. And your skin is crawling. crawling. It absolutely was. And I remember telling you, <laughs> I have to walk away. Yep. Is it okay <laughs> if I go to the store? Yep. Is it okay if I leave the it's house? driving you nuts. Yeah, I really had to... I I had to not be there because otherwise I would have been telling you, no, 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 don't do it that way. You have to do it this way. You have you have yeah. to do it the right way. Yeah. Okay, th- there's very few times that I will say that you have to do it the right way because right. we do things very differently. Yeah. Usually if I'm telling you to do it a different way, it's not because my way is the right way. It's I don't think it's just yes. But this would be the one time that you are not there there is is a right right way and a wrong way. And and my way is not it. (laughs) Right. Understandable. I'll I'll, I'll concede. And so I did. I had to just walk out and let you take care of that on your own and figure it out. And I said, and you'll ask me if you need any help. And you're like, yeah, I'll ask. And, you know, I can't tell you how many months it was of me leaving when you would do the balancing the checkbook or, or that kind of stuff. There were things that you did that I would have never done. Number one, you automated a lot of our payments. Yep. And to me, that was a scary thing to do yeah. because, well, if we have payments that are automatically coming out, we got to have the money there. <laughs> what if the money's not yeah. there? And yeah. so that's why I never automated payments. But I will tell you, automating those payments was a huge stress reliever it because it's like, okay, I don't have to think about that sure. anymore. Sure. And you did just fine. It got done. Yes. Not your way, but right. it, it did get done and it got done adequately enough. Yes. Maybe not perfectly, but right. adequately. Right. What I like about the story is, I only did the bills for about six months. Yeah. And then you started doing the bills again, not because you had to do it, but because just convenient, like the pressure was off you. The emotional stress was off of you Mm -hmm. and it was just easier that month for you to do it, even though it was still my responsibility. It was just a one off. And then I did it for a few more months and then you did it again. And then I did it for another month and then you did it again. And it just kind of fell back into your area of expertise again. And you did it not because you had to, but because you were okay with it now and there wasn't any emotional charge or triggers around it in some way. Right. And during that time though, you would ask me, okay, where are we at with the money? Mm -hmm. How much money do we have? What do I need to do? How are the bills going? So that you weren't carrying the weight of the decisions around finances. 
right. even though I don't have to now balance a checkbook, you can do all of that 10 times faster than I can do it. I shared in that emotional weight. Right. And which you saying that me bringing this up reminds me part of the reasons why I didn't like to talk to you about how we're going to pay this bill or whatever, because anytime that we would talk about yeah. finances or money being light, it would really trigger you and Big you time. would be off for three or four days spinning your wheels trying to figure out what new job you were going to get or how you were going to make more money yeah. or what you were going to do. And it really, instead of being a relief to me to talk to you about the money, it ended up me being on my own more and putting you in a bad place yeah. for not just a five minute conversation or a half an hour conversation, yeah. but for days. Yeah. I went to a dark place. You usually. did. And so prior to that, you never really asked me, well, how Mm-mm. much money do we have or where are we at? Or the only time that it would get brought up is if we had an emergency and we had to yeah. come up with money for a dental bill or yeah. a medical bill or something yeah. like that. And that would put you in such a bad place because we didn't have the extra money to do that. Yeah. So bringing finances up to you, that was a scary thing for me. I didn't want to do it. Once you started doing the billing and taking care of all of that kind of stuff for us, um, then you just knew how much money we had. And then you knew what adjustments you needed to make as far as work goes or whatever. And the thing that really was made it easy for me to come back to doing it, Mm -hmm. aside from just having a break and knowing that you had taken care of everything and kind of got it back where I didn't have to feel responsible of making the decisions on my own, is you did. You asked me where are we at? How are things going? You invested in that with me. So I wasn't doing it alone anymore. And, and I initiated. And initiated. Initiation yes, is exactly. huge. Huge. Rather than you having to initiate the financial conversation right. and sending me to a dark place. Right. You've just identified the reason why talking about money is so hard is because there are so many emotional triggers around it. For me, money was a reflection of my irresponsibility. I'm the sole provider for our family and I can't provide enough to pay the bills. That makes me irresponsible and a bad provider. And I hated being that. So I avoided talking about money because I don't want to be reminded of how bad I'm taking care of the family. And the interesting thing is, I never thought that about you at all. But it's not about you. Right, I it's realize that. It's about me. It's my stuff. I have to work through that. For some people, money's about power. Right. This means I have power over decisions I can make. For some people, money is about freedom. What can we do with this or what can't we do with this? Right. Most of the time, money's around security. Do we have enough to pay the bill? Are we going to lose our house? Those kinds of things. And so when you can understand or start to identify what does money mean to you? Because when for you, money means freedom. And for me, money means power or control or security or something like that. Now you and I are are trying to uh, get to different targets all the time. So if we were to answer the question that this person wrote in here, I would suggest that before you try to bring up a particular topic like bills that aren't being paid or Overspending. uh, overspending or things like that, see if you can instigate a conversation of, hey, what does money mean to you? Is money freedom? Is money power? Is money security? And you can even bring in a childhood. So growing up, what did money mean to your family? Because if one person comes from a a family that was very comfortable and had uh, extra spending money all the time, money is going to mean something different to them than someone who grew up in poverty and they didn't have much. Money means something very different to them. So when you go back and look at the stories that you guys are bringing into the marriage, this falls under the bags of crazy. (laughs) Uh, I bring in my bag of crazy to the marriage and you bring in your bag of crazy. This is part of that, that bag of crazy stuff is what are 
you bringing into the marriage and then projecting onto the other person? Right. If you can have a conversation around that, now you might have a better understanding of each other and money doesn't become a competition. It isn't, I'm trying to get my way or you're trying to get your way or I'm nagging you because you haven't paid the bills or you're overspending or things like that. Money doesn't want to become something you nag about or, or like you were doing. Every time you brought up money, it was only, only negative. There was no positive time. So anytime you said, honey, we need to talk about the budget. I instantly was like, oh man, see, I am irresponsible. This is going to be a bad conversation. And I, I, you're right. I went to a dark place for three or four days. I had a hard time recovering from those. But when money can just be a neutral conversation and it isn't always negative, now you are more than likely willing to have those conversations more frequently. Right. Now let's look back at her specific question. She does have to bring up some negative stuff, overspending or bills not being paid. I would ask another question, which is how is money viewed in the family? Is it our money or is it my money and And your money? money? Exactly. Because that's going to change the conversation as well. For you and me, even though I'm the sole provider of all the income, I don't have my own money. It goes into the family bank account right. and I get a very small allowance every week to you know, buy a cup of coffee every once in a while. And even though you're not earning any money for the 26 years we've had kids here, I don't look at it as, well, you need to pull your weight and I get more spending money and you don't have any. That's just not how I look at it. No, It's just our money. Yeah. And that changes how we talk about our money. It does. It really does. But if let's say the person who's asking this question, it's a lot of a lot of couples are, well, I've earned this money and you've been at home not working or not doing anything. So you don't have any say over what we do. Exactly. That changes the dynamic as well. Yes. And you're going to have to get on the same page as how do we even understand money? How do we define ownership of that money? Right. Exactly. That's huge. If we want to throw a faith component into this um, for people who have a faith system, A lot of them don't even see it as their money at all. They're stewards of it. It's not their money because God's given them the ability to work. They are now temporary stewards of this and they need to be good stewards of this money. So they need to use it wisely. They're going to tithe some of it. They're going to take care of other people who don't have some. They're going to budget it correctly because it's a spiritual act, not just this is my money. Anything, anytime it becomes, this is mine, that survival brain kicks Kicks in. in. Do you hear the theme about every podcast? podcast we do stupid survival brain is the enemy in marriages not you not me it's our survival brain that says i want to get mine i want to make sure i get my needs met first and there's nothing better to trigger that than cold hard cash right money will always trigger that over and over and over again it does so for this gal who's asked this question how do you bring this up um schedule it that'd be one Come to your husband and say, I know this is not an easy topic. I want to make sure that we can do this, that we like each other by the time we're done having right. this conversation, but we need to talk about some money issues here. When would be the best time to do that? You have to schedule it. You can't just jump on him right. you know, randomly and he's not prepared for it. When do we need to talk about that? And if he goes, never, then you go, I wish that could be the case, but that's not how this works. We have to talk about some money here. And if you and I can't talk about it, then maybe we need to bring a third person so that they can facilitate this conversation. At that point, they go, I'm not spending money on that. I don't (laughs) want to bring in a mediator. I don't bring in a counselor. I don't want to spend, we can figure this out on our own. But if they won't engage, then you have to make some decisions on your own, unfortunately. So you gently keep calling out the elephant in the room. I know this is uncomfortable. 
I know that in the past money's had some led to some bad arguments. We're doing it differently this time. I don't want that to happen. I want to make sure we understand what money means to you. We want to understand what money means to me, but we have to make some decisions because if we don't, then we're going to be in trouble in some way. Right. If you can't, if you can't agree on those things, should we budget or should we not budget? How much money should we have? My money, your money, all these kind of things. If you can't figure those things out, find a counselor, find a financial advisor, right. not not like an investment advisor, but someone who can help you understand again what money means to you. Right. Um, sometimes even a pastor can help some of those conversations because they're not like deep mental health issues. So they right. can help facilitate some of those conversations um, and then get on the same page around what money means. Overall though, coming back to the foundational principles a secure marriage. If you can go, I know this is going to be a hard conversation and I want to make sure that by the time we're done having this conversation, you know that I like you. I don't want to hurt you. Do you want to hurt me? You're focusing on that connection first. You're focusing on the relationship first before you work on the task. You're talking about the process first and then the problem. The process is how do we interact with each other and the problem is money. Right. Problem could be schedule. Problem could be kids. Problem could be work. But you can always start off that process. I want to make sure you know that I care about you, don't want to hurt you, even if we have to have some hard conversations. Right. That usually is the best way to pave the the path path and hopefully lead to a better conversation. Right. Because you're calming down that survival brain in the other person. Yes. That's where I would start. Hopefully this is a meandering answer to the question that you've asked one of our six listeners here. We appreciate the question because this is a big one. I guarantee you're not the only one who has a question about money and marriage. No, we've actually gotten several questions recently regarding that. So this is a good one to combine all together. Lump them all together. So thank you for the good question. Um, If you're listening to this and going, boy, I'd like my question answered. Thank you so much, Paul and Shannon. This is helpful. (laughs) Go ahead email Shannon at securemarriage.com or Paul at securemarriage.com and we actually answer them. Again, we were just reading the email right here. We love to answer them because these we are do. real problems with real people and we want to provide real solutions so that you fight less and feel understood and enjoy a deeper connection with each other. Yeah. Because you and I say all the time, we don't have a perfect marriage, but... We do have a secure marriage. And we want you to have one too. Yep. I got all three taglines in there within about 30 <laughs> seconds. That's not oh, look at you. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Anyway, if you want to find out more of these principles and you just want a place to start, securemarriage.com. If this happens to be the first time you're listening to this, securemarriage.com. There's a free quiz on there. Uh, We actually have an online workshop that you can go through. It's a small financial investment, cheaper than two counseling sessions. Anyway, lots of good resources or just keep listening to all these podcasts. And, you know... Okay, that's it. Yeah, you just sped right on through all that. I was trying to get a word in edgewise, but there was no space for me. I talky. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you later. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What are you doing? Still smells like tacos. Your microphone smells like tacos. <laughs> yep. Yep. Smells like tacos. <laughs> does yours we have a whole lot of other issues here that we should probably talk about other than the question that's that's given to us if you're sniffing your microphone because it smells like tacos all right